Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I wish refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for June 8th in the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Last weekend, Red Pill was incredible. Redpillexpo.org. You can still get tickets. You say, what are you talking about, Sam? It was last week. You can still get tickets. That's right. You can get tickets for the online streaming option. 30 days to check out all the presentations. You'll miss the camaraderie. You'll miss the booths outside. You'll miss meeting me broadcasting live, but you will be able to see all the speeches in the event. It's incredible. Redpillexpo.org. Furthermore, we were on, uh, on tap live broadcasting. What do we broadcast? Friday, Saturday um, from the event, all both four hours live, two-hour shows. Plus, we did a lot of interviews with incredible guests that we're going to be playing back throughout the week this week. Sam in Rapid City broadcasting live for Red Pill Expo because you know something's wrong. We had our guest on Marcus Ellis, a terminal cancer conqueror, incredible guest, by the way, providing financial resources for folks and more. MarcusEllis.org to learn more about that interview. Marcus says this site is meant to bring clarity to issues of health, energetic, healing, insurances, symphonic sound, and amazing technologies that'll help with life changes. Enjoy the journey with me, Marcus says. We also had Mon Manuel Aparicio, medical doctor, flew in from Mexico, red pill speaker, medical director of a central Mexico, I don't even know how to say it, it's a center in Mexico, but they're literally treating COVID with a 99.6% cure rate, folks. I kid you not. Hour two, this is Saturday's broadcast, by the way. Hours two, we had Christopher Key with us, policing the vaccine companies. Yeah, policing the vaccine companies. That's very interesting. Keystolife.info is his website. Keystolife.shop is his other site. Check out SWATS, S-W-A-T-S. That's the old companies he used to work for and everything before the FDA took them all down. There's also GoFundMe if you want to help his effort. Keys to Freedom is the GoFundMe page. We also had our guest on Howard Lickman, well-known friend of ours. He's the author of a book called Government, the Biggest Scam in History Exposed. Are you really a volunteerist without even knowing it? Great, our, our great interview with Howard Lickman. That was uh, basically two hours on Saturday. Monday's broadcast yesterday, we pre-recorded some interviews, played them back while I was on the plane. Now I'm here live. We had our guest on, Benny Wills, stand-up comedian and poet. BennyWells.com, incredible stuff. Can you define the word called Parisia? Parisia is freedom of speech. 
so you can deliver with confidence whether you're on stage, at the dinner table. There's a free webinar up there at BennyWills.com. We also had on Dr. Shiva, Ph.D., the man who invented email files lawsuit, election file lawsuit, winbackfreedom.com to check that out. He ran for U.S. Senate as a Republican. There's vote fraud in his case as well. So, you know, you think about the Trump case seem to be stymied. Well, Dr. Shiva making serious progress on his case. Keep an eye on that ball. We talked with our guest. Uh, his name is Christian Gomez. He's a research project manager for the John Birch Society and the New American, jbs.org as well, newamerican.com. Hour two of Monday's show, we had our guest on Lloyd Brunson, 7discoveries.com book. Seven discoveries everyone should know regarding the U.S. Constitution. We also talked about power to fund the USA without taxation. Lloyd sues 385 members of Congress. We'll see how that lawsuit goes. We also interviewed an incredible immigrant, Peter Vadenka, motivational speaker and author of a book called Journey for Freedom. That's at journeyforfreedom.com. Peter's escape from communist Czechoslovakia results in a riveting story, Journey for Freedom. Hear the amazing true story about Peter planned and executed the escape of his family from the communist country. Great stuff. Very cool, right? All right, that's a recap of both basically shows for uh, Saturday and Monday. News of the networks refuse to use starts now for our shows. Supreme Court will not hear case on women in the military draft. That's a blessing and a half. Who wants women on the front lines of the military? Certainly not me. I'm not saying women are not capable. I'm not saying that. I'm merely saying that, you know what, it's men's responsibility as protectors. Never forget that. All right, I've got several interviews here I need to play. And uh, because I just recorded them in their entirety, we're going to have to pause them uh, for the commercial breaks. So beware of that as we go. I'll just pause them, and then we'll just, you know, rewind the last maybe two or three seconds and play the rest of them. All right? Randy Wilson. His nickname is Thumper on your radio. He is involved in a group called PatriotsSoapbox.com. It's a video network of people who started out in a soapbox manner, just kind of jumping up there, doing the best they could. Anyway, the details of how their organization got started and how they've become a professional force to reckon with, it starts now. Here it is. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live, redpillexpo.org. If you didn't make the conference, we sorely missed you, and we certainly uh, know you missed out. But the next one's coming up, redpillexpo.org. Keep an eye on that for the next Red Pill. In the meantime, though, you can watch the live streams. There's a fee to help cover all the costs that it takes to produce such incredible educational content. Uh, So go to redpillexpo.org, sign up. The base membership, $45. You can get 30 days streaming, share it with your family, and everybody can watch, and you won't miss out on everything. You can see the incredible speakers wall-to-wall last week, Saturday and Sunday. Incredible stuff. In the meantime, ladies and gentlemen, we have an incredible guest with us. He is with a media news network, a very unique startup by citizens, for citizens, really, doing a phenomenal job indeed. What are we talking about? Patriots Soapbox uh, is what we're talking about. And it is available 
24-7 as a, what do you want to call it? Live stream? Live stream, but a, a grassroots, a um, citizens band contribution with professional production, all mixed together into a 24-7 news network. Welcome, Randy. Well, thank you for having me, Sam, and it's uh, great to be here with you and everybody else here at the Red Pill Expo here in uh, uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. So tell me about how Patriot Soapbox got started. It's PatriotsSoapbox.com, right? Yes, it's uh, PatriotsSoapbox.com. Well, uh, everybody knows about Q. Yes, of course. uh, uh, Q uh, brought a lot of people uh, in, opened their eyes on some, others gave them a... Uh, a little bit of hope that something was going to be done about this runaway government that we had and the tyranny that people were seeing. And uh, uh, a lot of us uh, started listening to this one individual who was coming on every time Q posted, and uh, uh, he would do a live stream and go through the Q post and everything. Well, the Q posts were happening, you know, 20 minutes, an hour later, you know, and he was getting up in the middle of the night. Every time that there was a new Q post, he would get up. And uh, it, it, he was losing a lot of sleep. Was, <laughs> so uh, he, he one day declared, I'm just going to go live 24-7 with this. And uh, he had, all he had was a laptop. It wasn't a very, uh, a laptop in very good shape. He's a young man uh, in his late 20s, uh, married, and they just had a baby. And uh, they were, uh, but he's a patriot. And uh, his, his handle is Pamphlet Anon, and uh, it's after the pamphlets that uh, were uh, pr- being produced during the uh, Revolutionary War. So anyway, he, uh, he started out the channel, and, uh, you know, Q didn't post all the time, so we needed other things to talk about. So we started talking about news items and history items. We started digging into uh, uh, history that's hidden in plain sight. Uh, you go out. You don't have to hack an internet. You don't have to hack, hack the government. This stuff is all out there on the internet. If you want to find it, you can find it. And if you want to really find out and decide and, and figure out what's going on, uh, we emphasize do your own research. You can listen to a lot of people, but if you do your own research, uh, you are going to, uh, first off, you can research into things that interest you. Uh, in the well, let's say now in the patriot movement, and uh, but we needed we needed people to man the 24-hour live stream, and uh, there were a group of people that were following him on his YouTube channel. Uh, he opened up a Discord server. We all went into Discord, and at first we were audio only, and then we figured out a way to do video, uh, and then we needed a a, a better video. Uh, right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That's the first part of the Randy Wilson interview. We're going to take a quick pause. We're going to come back, play more of it. Some of these interviews are longer than the segments I have for them. So I'm just kind of building appropriate transitions, if you will. We are listening to interviews I did live at the Red Pill Expo. Incredible stuff, right? Uh, Randy Wilson doing a great job. Um, PatriotsSoapbox.com. So there's two S's, PatriotsSoapbox.com. Interview with Randy Wilson continues in seconds. 
Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into mommy and daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. We're continuing this incredible interview. A bunch of interviews, I might say, from Red Pill Expo. Patriots Soapbox. Incredible interview with Randy Wilson. Continues now. At first, it was whoever was there (laughs) that wanted and was brave enough to open up a microphone and talk on air. Uh, maybe even put their face up. Everybody had Anon names, my Anon name. I go by Thumper on the channel. That's been my nickname for years when I was in the Navy. Um, and uh, uh, so we've, we covered Q, but we also, uh, we had a lot of people out there that had a, just a ton of uh, personal research that they'd done. We had a lot of people who had uh personal experiences they wanted to share and uh it's so it was a place for people to come and get on their soapbox and espouse what they what was their passion and we all know if you're talking about something that you're passionate about uh it's going to be very very interesting typically because they will have done the dive they will have found uh cooperating uh, articles, information, and things like that. Uh, for me, I've been, you know, I, I was I was clued in about sheriffs when I was in high school, and that's been one of my pet peeves. Um, then, uh, in in my following years, I uh, worked construction up in Alaska on the pipeline uh, back in the 70s when they did that, 
and then uh, then I then I was in the Navy, and I got to see the Navy side of things. Uh, stationed in D.C., and then uh, for the last 30 years, I ran my own insurance company. And I watched, being in the insurance industry, I watched how the financial services industry was manipulating the people, uh, especially insurance was uh, manipulating people uh, through policies and uh, uh, premiums. And this company raises their rates, and then this company raises this rates. This company will change their, their, their policy a little bit, and then these other companies will follow. And they take turns who leads and then who follows. So nobody can be blamed uh, for, you know, anything nefarious going on. Uh, and then we had 9-11. And uh, after 9-11, uh, we saw the Patriot Act, and we saw, uh, you know, massive insurance claims with the Twin Towers and how that tied in. And if you start doing the dive on that, which has been one of my passions, uh, I've dove in on that. So we ended up, we had these 24 hours, and we, uh, I was one of the original uh, people that joined the channel. And uh, we started setting up specific time slots and shows because there was times when somebody would be there for eight, nine hours just keeping the airwaves open. Um, so we developed shows, and then we had people, some of our, uh, some of our uh, uh, hosts teamed up. And then we started developing intro music and backdrops and the uh, whole works and uh it it's uh um it, it is absolutely a grassroots thing and uh we 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 have our, it, the first item in our hall of fame is pamphlets we call it the crap top because it was this laptop that was basically held together with uh uh tape and duct tape <laughs> <laughs> but it did the job and it got us started and we've uh we've managed to keep the channel going with uh donations only from our viewers uh god bless them and uh, uh we've been now live 24 7 for three and a half years and that's kind of why i started out searching for the right word saying it's patriots but it's really grassroots it's almost like the cb um you know citizens band cb radio stuff uh, is how you got started. It was almost like we're going to put the 24-7 Internet CB channel, and it's like, hey, Breaker 1-9, I want to talk to Thumper. <laughs> this here's Jabberjaw, buddy. And it was kind of like that in a way at the well, start, right? Well, not quite, um, because, you know, when you get somebody on a soapbox, sometimes it takes a big hook to get them off. <laughs> yes, it does. But also, uh, in the trucker channels, you know, when you get some trucker talking to a girl, it's hard to break a breaker one nine now, too. Uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, I know it's not identical, but it gives people a little bit of a flavor, if you have a history with that kind of stuff, to understand it was that grassrootsy at first. Mm -hmm. And the point that I'm drawing from this, really, is you guys have evolved over time with technical people like you and your background and other people to where you've really evolved this into a solid professional radio network now, though, and a video network. We're, we are... We are working to improve as we go along. Each one of us covers the cost of our own equipment. Uh, the, we have, in some cases, had the money to uh, get some laptops out to some people that started with some pretty lousy equipment, and uh, they continue to be hosts. I've been a host now for the full three and a half years. Uh, some of our original hosts are still with us. We still uh, are getting new ones. We advertise. We, are, we ask our listeners, you want to be a host? Come on in. We'll put you through some training, show you how to use Zoom, show you how to use uh, some of the other things. Here, here are some tricks of the trade, 
and then uh, they can uh, when we have openings in our in our time schedule, we we fit them in, or we set them in with an experienced host as a co-host to get some experience. Um, it's not the easiest thing to do to get up here and talk on a radio. Uh, for well, as you know, you have to have something to say, and you have to be able to keep your audience awake. Yeah, and depending on what kind of a host you are, a host like me, which we cover every subject under the rainbow, you got to have a little bit of background and a lot of things to even sound somewhat intelligent, right? I mean, it's <laughs> got to be kind of a jack of all trades. That's absolutely yeah, correct. Yeah, that's right. Yes. The jackie of the, uh, the radio airwaves, that's me, I guess it is. Yeah. But um, you guys have turned it into a professional network. I think it's growing. Your listenership is growing. Your base, your professionalism. I mean, it's something really that, in my opinion, is a testament to the founding father's idea of freedom of the press. Now, I know it's modern-day press, if you will, because it's digital, it's video, it's people over the country, it's modern-day uh, communications. I mean, I get all that. I'm just saying that freedom of the press, modern-day, made by citizens, is something to behold, sir. Also, uh, consider the idea of the soapbox. The soapbox was the, you know, you get up on your soapbox. Well, let me give you a little history, and I didn't sure, renew please. this uh, when, you, uh, when you talk about the, the, the handle thumper. Okay. Yeah, my, my handle back in the days was Jabberjaw. Okay. Well, thumper, you've heard of the, uh, the term Bible thumper. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that was somebody that stood up and, and, and banged on his Bible and, and, and shouted the, the words of the Bible to the, to the folks that would listen, right? Yeah. Well, the, the term Bible thumper was, uh, actually came after the original term thumper where somebody would get a – they'd grab a soapbox – in the town square, and, and they, well, they would, they would bang on it. They would thump on it first and get everybody's attention by thumping on the soapbox. Then they would set the soapbox down, stand on it, and uh, espouse whatever they had a passion for. And uh, I didn't know that until, you know, somebody asked me about the name. I Googled it, and I went, wow. <laughs> There are no coincidences, are there? <laughs> yeah, this is more poignant. This is more thought out than you can possibly imagine. Oh. And its delivery is making a difference in the Republic. You guys are here live at the Red mm -hmm. Pill Expo with a booth of your own. You got your incredible backdrop. You're broadcasting live video from the event, interviewing guest after guest after guest. You're also a, a multi-talented guy in addition to your uh, heavily involved... Uh, roll with Patriot Soapbox. You do your own show, but you also are the producer for Dan Happel's show, Connecting the Dots, right? That's correct, yes. That and uh, a couple of other shows as well. All right. Well, anyway, we commend you for your work, sir. We wanted to just have you jump on here. Uh, what would you say? We wanted to give you a soapbox, sir. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll always, I, I'm not shy to get on my soapbox, that's for sure. Yeah, when you get on your soapbox, what are the topics you focus on the most for your show? For mine, it's called News the Networks Refuse to Use, right? I'm mm -hmm. all about bringing God, family, country, the protection of life, liberty, and property to your attention. If it's constitutional, I love it. If it's not, I hate it. Uh, you know, that's kind of my claim to, to who I am and what I do. And I cover any subject under the sun related to any of those uh, things. What, what's kind of the focus of your show? Uh, my, my, uh, well, my morning show is called Straight Shooting. If you want to go off of that, it's... Uh, but it's I'm not a, a gun show, right? Uh, it's not a gun show, but uh, uh, the opening sequence, uh, we take... Uh, Jerome Corsi's book, uh, Killing the Deep State, and we, sh we, we blow it up with 12-gauge shotguns. Uh, <laughs> Jerome Corsi Kate was on our channel. That was a long story. We, don't, we won't get into that, but he left under other than opportune. He's had a few opportunities to change <laughs> um, stables, right? Yeah. So anyway, uh, 
but you know, if there's a Second Amendment story coming up, you know, these uh, the sanctuary states that are uh, coming around, the uh, any gun laws that any states are going, I, I, I cover those. I cover a lot of gun safety. I'm a I'm a competitive shooter. I'm also a range officer uh, for uh, competitive shooting. Um, I have always been. My mother taught me a long time ago to have a well-stocked pantry. All right, a well-stocked pantry, ladies and gentlemen. He's talking about liberty, talking about what he does to prepare, talking about his show, Straight Shooting. Great show on PatriotsSoapbox.com. The interview with Randy continues in seconds after this pause, right after Randy. Another incredible interview from Connie Connie Fanenka, local citizen of Rapid City, South Dakota, talking about liberty. We'll do it in seconds on your radio. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Vice President Kamala Harris in Guatemala Monday telling would-be immigrants do not come to the United States. I want to be clear to folks in this region who are thinking about making that dangerous trek to the United States-Mexico border. Do not come. Do not come. New York Democrat Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez called Vice President Kamala Harris's comments on immigration disappointing on Monday. She tweeted, we can't help set someone's house on fire and then blame them for fleeing, end quote. Scientists on Monday announced they have identified a new species of dinosaur that is the largest ever found in Australia. The giant sauropod was officially named the Southern Titan by researchers in Queensland. Experts say the dinosaur weighed about 70 tons, measured 21 feet tall, and extended to about the length of a basketball court. USA Radio News. It may be the biggest cover-up of our time. Was the coronavirus created in a lab? And did the Chinese government hide the truth? Now, Steve Cortez and Jen Pellegrino give you the shocking truth on their hit Newsmax show, Cortez and Pellegrino. Newsmax is already the fourth largest cable news channel in America. And all this week, Cortez and Pellegrino tell you the real story about the coronavirus the big media won't tell you. More than 30 million Americans watch Newsmax, now on all major cable systems. If your cable company doesn't carry Newsmax, call them. Tell them you want Newsmax or you can switch. Plus, find Newsmax for free on your smart TV, Roku, Pluto, Zumo, or more. And remember, you can download the free Newsmax app on your smartphone and start watching now. Join millions of Americans turning off the old cable news and going to Newsmax for real news they can trust. Check Newsmax out today. The Food and Drug Administration gives the green light to a new Alzheimer's drug. Dan Naraki reports. The FDA has approved the use of the first new drug to treat Alzheimer's disease in more than 20 years. The experimental drug, adcanumab, was developed to slow the progress of the disease, not just treat its symptoms. Its approval has generated controversy, though, with critics saying there hasn't been enough research proving the drug's merits to warrant approval. Dr. Jason Karlowish also believes that another study of the drug is needed. The co-director of the Penn Memory Center tells CNBC that it will be challenging to do a study with the FDA having already approved the drug. I think the evidence to approve the drug wasn't sufficient. Another study is needed to establish whether this drug, in fact, is effective. Unfortunately, the FDA 
uh, approve the drug for marketing, although they also do want another study. The challenge will be how to do that study when the drug is also available for clinical prescribing. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. Thanks for listening. It's well appreciated. We are USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, talking about Red Pill all week long this week because last weekend was so incredible, and we got so many award-winning interviews from that event that we got to just cover it all week long. Uh, we're in the middle of an interview with Randy Wilson. He does a show uh, on PatriotsSoapbox.com. Straight shooting in the mornings. Check it out. Incredible stuff. Here's Randy. The stuff hits the fan. Beans, bullets, and band-aids for Randy. Huh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I have an electronics background. I have a military background. Part of my military background is in uh, reconnaissance work. Okay. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, all of those things combined um, and just life experiences that I've had. You know, I'm 64 years old. And, uh, you know, I've, I've, been down, I've been down a few roads. I've traveled many, many, many miles. And uh, uh, it's, it's, it's fun to share some of those experiences and then use those experiences to equate them to what's ha- happening in our world right now and what's happening in our world. I've always been one of these people that sat back. I, I considered myself a watcher for many years, uh, just watching and absorbing different items. And, and now we're seeing these things come alive in our world. And what used to be uh, uh, tagged incorrectly as conspiracy theory, we're now finding not so much conspiracy anymore, is it? Reality check uh, <laughs> holds true every time. We've been right. They were wrong. We don't want to say I told you so, but it's pretty obvious uh, who's who in the new media taking center stage. You know, I, 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 hate, I hate people who do I told you so. I don't want to be an I told you so, but I... Uh, I, I you know, I do want to be. I've been vindicated, though. Yes, yes, uh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah, enjoy the vindication. And, uh, and I do want to be the guy that said I've been telling you the truth the whole time. Uh, well, you know, I, I will. I will go as far as say uh, you need to go back and look at my show. I did da 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 da. There you go. <laughs> Excellent, ladies and gentlemen. His name is Randy Wilson, aka Thumper. He's a producer, a talk show host. He served his country well in the military. He's now with PatriotsSoapbox.com. Check it out. Give it a listen. Give it a watch. And if you have the guts to get on your own soapbox, they might even entertain your antics. If we you're certainly will. To, uh, to tell them who you are and what you stand for, and if they like what you do, then, hey, you might even become part of the team. That is citizens' journalism, citizens' uh, – what do you call it? Newsmaking, citizens' videography Activism. At its best. Activism at its best. Modern day freedom of the press. Absolutely. PatriotsSoapbox.com. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Sam. And there you have another interview from Liberty Roundtable Live, RedPillExpo.org. All right, there you have that interview, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you, man, Patriots Soapbox doing a great job partnering with Red Pill as we did uh, just great stuff. Randy and I had a booth right next to each other, and man, we were working together, passing back and forth interviews, and we're really all working together, ladies and gentlemen, for this sacred cause. The new media is taking center stage. I'm telling you that right now. Right then, I had an extra interview with a great citizen. Her name is Connie Fanenka. She's a local citizen for, from Rapid City, South Dakota, and we had a discussion of liberty. Here she is. 
My fellow Americans, Sam Bushman, still live at Red Pill. People everywhere having a phenomenal time promoting the sacred cause of liberty everywhere we go. This is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Connie Fenenga with me, ladies and gentlemen. She is uh, an American citizen. You live right here in South Dakota, right? Yes, Rapid City, South Dakota. Rapid City, South Dakota. And uh, I met you at a John Birch Society meeting. Yes, you did. And then you decided to come to the Red Pill, right? Correct. What do you think? Well, I am blessed to be here and... Move your mic right up to your mouth. I am blessed to be here and learn about our freedom and the power of it. Uh, Are you learning a lot? Yes. The Constitution is the solution. Amen to that. Uh, So let me ask you this. What has been your favorite speech or your favorite part of the uh, expo? Favorite speech, David Martin and David Rasnick. Favorite part of the expo is everybody here is united, one in love and um, concern for each other and our country. And wonderful people. And G. Edward Griffin has brought this together. Amen to that. Do you see any masks? No, I do not. Praise God. <laughs> the breath of God Amen. is here. Yeah, so we went to this um, church or uh, chapel in the hills uh-huh. this morning. Yes. Have you, have you been there? Yes, Dave I'm Kirk. You, it is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. We went there and we uh, saw the church and we went in and there was a little a video that we watched about it explaining kind of the history and all that. And then we walked on the prayer trail and we actually were able to uh, watch our church service online. So we connected online and sat um, on, the, on the prayer uh, trail. Uh, there was a bench there and we were able to watch our church service there. And then we went and learned about all the different things, uh, the, the symbolism in, in it. And it. I'm telling you, it was a marvelous experience. Rapid City is a marvelous place and a place of God. Did you grow up here? Yes. And uh, what do you think? You wish, uh, you know, when you, you grow up and you live somewhere, you kind of think, man, I want to be somewhere else. Did you ever wish that as a kid? No, it is what we make it and who we are in Christ. And um, Rapid City is a wonderful place. Yes, it is. Very nice hotel here as well. Nice, nice facility. I don't know if you know, but uh, this is the Red Pill Expo, but there's also a Freedom Fest coming up in a month. A little over a month. Did you know that? Tell me about the Freedom Fest, Sam. The Freedom Fest is um, July 20th through the 25th. I think it's right here in the same venue. Uh, The website is freedomfest.com if you want to learn more. And we're actually coming back for that event as well. Wonderful. I'll see you and I'll look forward to that. I'm telling you, the Freedom Fest is huge, though. Okay. So the main uh, person putting the Freedom Fest together is a guy by the name of Mark Skalzen, uh, who is a financial expert. His uh, cousin or nephew, no, I guess it's his cousin. No, Mark is his brother, I guess. So Joel Skalzen is who I know really well also. uh, And Joel Skalzen um, is on my radio program a lot. But Mark Skalzen, I guess it's his brother, is uh, the leader of the Freedom Fest. And it's a lot like Red Pill. It's not quite as hardcore. It's a little more mainstream, but it's huge. It's, it's way bigger. Mm, I'll look forward to meeting wonderful people. Yes, you will. It'll be incredible. And the, you know why we're all in uh, South Dakota, right? <laughs> yes, I do. Because <laughs> of the freedom that you guys are willing to promote? We, yes. But to be honest, the, the media had a huge impact on our state. And in a negative way, right? In a very negative way. And those people that are watching the media are still sitting home in fear. Oh, boy. Well, there's hope, though. I think the economy is coming back. I think your governor, uh, Christy Nome, uh, set a great example 
Uh, that and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, two of the great governors uh, in America. They're not perfect. I'm not defending everything they do. Uh, but I am telling you that they did really make a difference here. They did, yes. Um, what do you think of your governor? Do you like her? Love her. She loves Love her. Gum, guns and she loves freedom. Well, you got to like that. Yes. Well, she's supposed to speak at the Freedom Fest. Okay, well, that, that will be very so good. That's kind of neat news. Yes. All right, uh, do you have any specific um, speeches you're waiting for this afternoon? This afternoon, we have G. Edward Griffin. We have Andrew Kaufman, I believe. Yes, Dr. Mm-hmm. Kaufman, great friend of mine. Yep. Okay. Uh, so, and I, I love that they allow questions and answers at the end of the sessions also. Yeah, so the Q&A is at the end of each day, by the way, and all the speakers who spoke that day are kind of in a, a roundtable panel, and uh, people are going to line up and ask questions to anybody they want, um, and then sometimes uh, another panelist takes a turn answering a question uh, as well if it's relevant. And each speaker has hope, um, has solutions, has encouragement, and ways that we can make a difference. Now, uh, Dr. What is it, Manuel, I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, he's the doctor that flew in from Mexico that's using some pretty unique protocols to treat COVID-19 with a 96-plus percent success rate. Uh, Going to speak later today, too. Oh, yeah. Aparecicio or something. Yeah, I don't even try because I can't. <laughs> anyway, he's a great doctor from Mexico is all I can tell mm-hmm. you. Uh, he's going to speak. Who else was your one of the ones you wanted to see, Zach? Okay, we. Oh, Zach. Oh, he can he can just tell me, and then I can. Oh yes. Uh, let's see. here. Redpillexpo.com or no dot org. While you're looking that up, it's redpillexpo.org, and you can sign up for the live streaming. You get 30 days to watch all the presentations too. So if you didn't make it to the Red Pill Expo, ladies and gentlemen, have no fear, because you can still get caught up and still watch uh, online and see a lot of the speeches. Were you able to find that one, Zach? Uh, sorry. Oh, Richard Gage. Oh, Richard Gage, who's going to be speaking on 9-11. You know, 9-11's been around for a long time, right? Uh, what is it, 20 years now? Uh, but they're still, uh, they've still got more new information to deliver. Did you know that, Connie? I did. I'm looking forward to that also. That's going to be... Uh, so a lot of people don't realize there's still new information coming out about that. I think that's just amazing that we keep digging and working on these stories. And, you know, one of the things that the mainstream press and the government needs to know very clearly, because they listen to this radio program, they download everything we say, as you know. Uh, But I want them to know we will never give up and we will dig into these stories and we will get the evidence and we will get the facts. And you know what? You might have short victories, but we win in the end peacefully. Mm. And that's a, a, a really... All right, there you have it. We win in the end peacefully, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman live at Red Pill Expo talking to Connie Fanenka. Local citizen from Rapid City, South Dakota. Discussion of all things Liberty, man. She's a caught-up citizen. We'll come back finish that interview. we got so much news that I refuse to use on your radio. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. Hopefully it's educational and entertaining. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation 
more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. The Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman playing back some interviews from Red Pill. We had so much incredible content, we couldn't even get to it all live. So we did some pre-record fresh content information. Interviewing now Connie Fedenka with me. She's a local citizen from Rapid City. Great interview. Citizens matter, folks, and they participate in the solutions. Uh, and without them, you know what? Our efforts would be for naught, if you will. Here she is, Connie. And what we're looking for is whistleblowers who will tell the truth everywhere because that's where accountability and transparency comes from. And ultimately, the most important reason that that matters so much is because when we have people tell the truth and we have um, false flags and scandals exposed, a lot of people think that you can't let those things get exposed because then everybody will lose trust. I think just the opposite. I think when those scandals break and people get are accountable and criminals go to jail and, and everything, I think what it does is it restores trust, Connie. You're correct. Yes, and you do a good job of seeking out the truth and, and restoring that trust, Sam. Well, thank you. Hey, what else do you want to tell America? From South Dakota, one. From the Red Pill, two. From South Dakota, we have a wonderful state, and, but we're still fighting the same fight of corruption. You know, it's everywhere. That's why we have to come together with um, allies with Red Pill and Loving Liberty and John Birch and all the people here because it's it's a never-ending fight. You know, Satan destroys and and twists, so we, it's important that we do this. So I met Connie, uh, as I mentioned, at the John Birch Society meeting. She came to the Red Pill. She brought a bunch of ladies with her. How many were there, six? Oh, at least six, yes. At least six. And so she came over and introduced us to all these wonderful people. Uh, and then I said, hey, I'd like you guys to all come on the radio. And the only one that had enough courage, the only courageous was Connie. The other ones are not ready to come on the radio yet. Maybe when you come to the Freedom Fest, they will be. I hope so. Here's the reason that I highlight that. Not to down the ladies that aren't ready to come on the radio, but it's to highlight courage. You know what? We all need to step outside of our comfort zone to make a lot of this stuff happen. You know, there was a time when I was scared to go on the radio. You know that? Oh, my. But <laughs> that was a long time ago, and I know it sounds impossible to believe when you hear me babble, but at the same time, uh, everyone has to kind of come out of our comfort zone to defend the greatest country on the face of the earth, Connie. And that's the real point I'm drawing here. Right. It's for the next generation. 
Amen to that. Connie, thank you. You're welcome, Sam. There she goes. Connie, she lives right here defending her lovely state, and she's delighted to be a, a part of the John Birch Society and involved with that, as well as Red Pill Expo. I'm Sam Bushman, Liberty Roundtable Live. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, that was the Connie Fedenka interview. She did a phenomenal job. You know, citizens are hesitant to kind of speak out uh, and tell you what they think and, and, and get involved. It, it's very difficult. It's uncomfortable. It's way out of their comfort zone. I remember my first days on radio, and it's not a pleasant, ex- it's not a pleasant experience, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you that right now. But it's something that's really necessary um, because they make such a difference. And um, I'm involved with Alex Newman, working on an incredible article. Um, well, it'll come out soon, and I'll explain more about that then. Uh, but, you know, I had to give quotes for the article, and we had to work on this and that. And it's hard to be involved in so many different things. And I know the American people are just stressed at doing the very best they can. All right, we got a bunch of other interviews to play. But I didn't want to break up uh, interviews over hours, if that makes sense. I want to leave interviews in contained hours. And the interviews that I've got left, I've got like four of them. But they're all fairly long. I think the shortest one of them is like 11 minutes. And the next one um, is 20-whatever minutes. And so we'll play a couple of those next hour also. But there's a couple of uh, news tidbits I need to get to. As you know, the Supreme Court will not hear the case on the military and the women uh, draft uh, draft for women. And that's good news, in my opinion. Good for the Supremes for not taking that one on. I want to talk, though, for the rest of this hour about this incredible story I got from Newser. Arctic sea ice is melting twice as fast, they say. Now, cycle of rising temperatures and thinning ice worries researchers. It's a big old long article, but it says the, a polar bear in the Arctic, where a thick covering of sea ice is needed to keep the planet from heating up. Now, I appreciate scientists saying that, but we don't know if a thick layer of ice is needed there to keep the planet from heating up. I don't know that we can really say that kind of stuff. We assume that a thick layer of ice is needed, right, to keep the planet from heating up so much. I'm not confident that that's a fact, okay? It's a scientific supposition, but it's not a fact and I'll, and I'll explain why in a second. But I'm telling you, it's not a fact. It's a scientific opinion. They say melting ice in the Arctic is part of a worrisome climate change loop. Now, that's an interesting phrase to use, a climate change loop. Researchers say global temperatures are rising, which causes more Arctic ice to melt which exposes more dark water to the sun. That raises global temperatures. Then they say that's a fact. Oh, it is, is it? Sea ice in much of the Arctic is thinning twice as fast as researchers thought that it was. The thickness of the ice, they say, is an indicator of the Arctic's health. How do we know that the thinning ice is an indicator of the Arctic's health? How do we determine? We can't even determine our own health. We can't even report the weather right. But we're going to tell you that it's a fact 
that when sea ice melts, it means that the Arctic is less healthy? This is a guy named Robbie Mallet at the University College London saying this. They say he led a new study. Aha, uh-huh. why are we studying if we know that all these facts, right? Because they're not facts, they're studying it. They're trying to learn. But it doesn't mean they know. They say so this, the more the rapid melting, it doesn't bode well. The Arctic already is warming up at three times. The rate of the rest of the earth, the rest of the world. Uh Uh-huh. One professor said, thick ice insulates the ocean. Water protecting it from sunshine. So now the sunshine is evil. CO2 is evil. They say it releases heat into the atmosphere into the winter. How do you know that God's not doing that, ladies and gentlemen? How do you know that it's not intentional by an almighty creator? How do you know that it's bad? How do you know that there's scientific studies? How do you know they won't come back and say they were wrong? They say the thinner ice is good for shipping and drilling of oil. Per the scientific American, but not for ice fishing and hunting. Okay. They say new computer models are what helped bring this finding. Now, I don't mean to be rude, but your computer models bring this finding and you're saying that it's fact? We've proven computer models wrong over and over and over again, have we not? They say the amount of snow cover has been based on measurements taken by Soviet expeditions on ice flows from 1954 to 1991. Now, let me just stop you there. So you're telling me that we're going to pitch this as scientific fact when the communist Russians, the Soviet Russians, took this information from like 1954, which is what, 60 plus years ago, to 1991, which is what, 30 years ago? So we're going to rely on data from the communist Russians, the Soviet Union at the time, that's 30 to 60 years old. And we're going to tell you that we're going to put together a model based on that. And you don't think there'll be any flawed assumptions, right? How stupid am I, scientific community? You're ignorant if you think that'll hold up the scientific, the scientific method, scientific reality. They say it cannot be determined via satellites because the depth bar- varies too much. That information is out of date now. Okay. But your data's not? Wow, these people are ignorant. They say in light of the changes of Arctic conditions. So let me explain something. They want to say we're using this old data, but it's okay. But yet Arctic changed so much that you can't use the other. What are they talking about? They said they sent these brave guys out. Now we're saying the communist Soviet Russians are the brave guys. And they sat on these drifting stations and they floated around the Arctic. Sometimes for years at a time, the scientists say, measuring the snow depth. Now, they say two years ago, the intergovernmental, so it means governments working together across the globe, international, global stuff, right? They had a panel 
on climate change. Those guys wouldn't be biased now, would they? Decided more recent data was needed. Good, okay, so they're getting rid of the old data, but here's the problem. They rely on old data. They've been relying on that forever. Now they've updated the models, but listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. So first it's we're relying on super old data. Now it's the new model provides estimates of the snow cover from 2002 to 2020 or 2018, I'm sorry, leading to the new calculations on the thickness of sea ice, which is needed to keep the earth cool. Now, I don't even understand all that because what they're saying is we've got estimates is all we've got to replace estimates. The old way was too bad. Our new way is better. We're positive, not. They say we hope this work can be used to improve climate models and forecast the effects of long-term climate change in the Arctic. Folks, I have no confidence in them or this at all. And I'll tell you why. How is it more scientific to use a computer model because you say them going out and floating around and taking the measurements by hand is an outdated method. It reminds me of ballot counting. The old way was no good when you counted ballots by hand, you know. Got to have the new computer way. You know, ripe with fraud and confusion and misnomers and bad science and manipulated projections and everything. How do you know the people that put the computer models together are even being honest, much less accurate? Ladies and gentlemen, let me make this final point clear. They want long-term climate information, and they tell you that it's fact. But they can't even tell me if it's going to rain today, can they? Not with real accuracy, they sure can't. And these people expect me to trust their scientific science as fact? What a disgrace. And here's the biggest problem that I have with it. If they said these are models... We're not positive we're right, but we're doing the best we can. I would accept that to some degree. But when they want to make life policy changes that are going to force you and I to live completely differently because of their alarmism, their chicken little, the sky is falling idea, and then they're going to lie to me and tell me it's based on hard science, they're going to come back like whacked out Fauci and say, well, it wasn't really science, but it made sense. It was common sense. It was good. What are they talking about? They're dishonest. They're lying to you. Americans wake up and call a halt to their con game before it's too late, before they destroy America on this whacked out worship mother earth scientific lie idea, pretending their climate change discussions are science. They are not. Arctic sea ice may be melting twice as fast or three times as fast as the rest of the world, but it's a debate on what that even means. If it's provable that it's even melting that fast. And is there ice building up anywhere around the world? Maybe things are just changing. Maybe God's, well, in fact, God is in charge of that, by golly. I testify that's reality. Hour one in the can, two coming up. God save the republic. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. This is the broadcast for June 8th, ladies and gentlemen, 2021. Uh, We're moving forward as quickly as possible. Uh, Interviewing folks from Red Pill. We had too many interviews, so we're covering them now for the next several days. And we're going to be talking to Julie Fry Mueller now. She's a state senator. 
for South Dakota on your radio. Happy to have you along, my fellow American Sam Bushman, live at Red Pill. Man, it seems like we are just tearing it up. We're putting about two weeks of radio together in one week, ladies and gentlemen. It is hard-hitting. It is incredible education. Uh, it is freedom at its best. Not a mask in sight. Good, honest people everywhere. you got to love it. And up next, Julie Fry Mueller with me. She's a South Dakota state senator. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Thank you, Sam, for having me. I appreciate it. So tell me your background before you became a state senator. My background, well, um, I used to be a professional singer, country singer, my twin sister and I. Uh, No, No. not right now. (laughs) um, Old, Old kind of country, though? Yep. Like oh Bobby, yeah, like oh, Bobby yeah. Bear kind of stuff. No, with no Barbara Mandrell, Reba McIntyre, right. you know Crystal Gale, that that era. All right. Yep, and I loved it. It was great. Uh, nights got a little long though, but it, it, but anyway. Oh, then the next thing are we have a family business. We've had a family business for thirty eight years. When you so say we, you and your husband, right? No, my father, your father. and my mother. Okay. Yep, and they wanted each one of us girls wanted a time to come work for them. And I used to be in insurance also, but. Um, Nope, ended up all being a family business, and we've been there 38 years. And unfortunately, we just lost our father four months ago. But I'm sorry um, to hear that. thank you. It's been hard, and and he was a he's a real staple in our community. People have known him forever, so it was hard. And what kind of family business? Um, we own a paint and decorating store, flooring, all that kind of stuff. All right. So. So a lot of subcontracting stuff, remodels, and all kind of things, huh? Yes, but you know, with my state job, you know, sometimes things get in the way. So. Yes. So how did you decide to run for politics? I was screaming at the television in my kitchen, (laughs) absolutely screaming, um, calling names to the idiots that I was watching. And I bet you all your listeners out there have done the same thing. I mean, I can't. Everybody that I talked to, I said, you know, I'm screaming at the television. Are you too? And they said, yes. And I said, well, nobody can hear me in the kitchen. So I needed to get my voice out there. And I've been active, you know, because we are business owners and we're active in our kids' school. We always went to school board meetings anyway and city council committee, committee or city council meetings and county commission meetings. So I was going to these meetings and I didn't like what I had seen or what I heard. And, and I thought, you know, and I didn't want to get into this, but I was recruited and I've been in it now for five years. And I'm so glad that I know what's going on in our state because I was just trusting people and you can't really trust anyone anymore. Sad tale, but true. Now, is it a six year term? Is it a what? Uh, in the state Senate, is it a six year term? Is it a secure what? Six year term. Oh no, I'm sorry. That's at the U.S. I understand. No, it's just two years. So it's two years for mm-hmm. a state Senator in South Dakota. Yes. All right. So this is your third cycle. Right, I was two third term, um, I should say. two terms in the House, and now this is my first term in the Senate. Okay, but House and Senate are both two years. Well, I'm on my fifth year. I'll be on my sixth. Right, but I'm two year, the House, four years in the House. Right, but the House and the Senate are both two year terms. Though. Oh yes, I'm sorry. Understood. Okay, well that's excellent. And you are you going to continue, or are you going to self term limit yourself, or what are you going to do? Oh, I won't do this forever, but I want to make sure when I when I'm done that there's somebody who will stand up for the people like I do and not cave to the establishment. All right. Do you get maligned by the media? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had fellow Republicans um, do some real bad things to me as well. So but I'm I'm conservative. I am not giving up my values. I will not cave and I, I will work with people. But I'm, I'm not, I work for the people and I'm going to do the best job I can for what 
we the people need. Well, we are grateful for people who are willing to keep their oaths of office. That's for sure. Now, I got kind of roasted, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to explain the story. So whenever something <laughs> happens, my kids always say, whenever they write about something, they always go, roasted. And uh, so I got roasted, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Julie sits down to talk to me before we're doing the interview. And she's like, hey, what are we going to talk about? And I said, well, we can talk about this, this, and this, and this. She says, you know, I think we've got to talk about apathy. I think we ought to talk about people not involved in, in, enough in uh, government and things like this. And she's like, do you know who your local and state representatives are? I said, you know, I don't. And I made all these reasons and excuses why. And I agree that every one of them are probably justifiable, but it's still not excusable. And so I got roasted, ladies and gentlemen. And I know more about the sheriffs in this country <laughs> and more about my federal congressmen and senators and a lot of these other offices than I do my own local people. And so at the end of that little discussion, I told her that I'd repent. <laughs> All right? You're doing a good job. What do you think of that, though? How many talk show hosts will come on the radio and say that kind of stuff? Uh, you know what? I'm very proud of you for admitting it. But I did, you know, I won't harass you the other way I did because we're on the air, too. But you'll also, well, you'll also, though, admit, though, that very few people will be as candid as I will. Yeah. And admit that you're correct. And really, that kind of generated this discussion. That when you talk about apathy, because how many people um, are in my position... Uh, or in the position where they don't know who their reps are. Uh, they need to, what I always say about the sheriffs is you got to make sure your sheriff knows your name. And, and I think that's true with across the board. Even as busy as I think I am, it's no excuse, Julie. Oh, and you know what? And as long as there's people out there listening to us right now, we can let them know you have no excuse either for not knowing who your legislators are, who your city council members are, who your school board members are, your county commission members. It is your responsibility. If you don't like how things are going, you need to pay attention. And with the way things are going in this country, trust me, it's happening at, the, at all those levels I just mentioned. And right now we have an election that's going to happen on Tuesday, and people don't even know, you know, what district they're in for anything. You have different districts for school board here. You have different districts for county commission, for city council, for state legislature, for water district. You have different districts for everything, and it is a lot to know. But it is our duty as citizens to pay attention to that and watch our voting records. Watch what we do. Don't just trust us. Yes, I'm a Republican. I'm going to tell you the five things. I'm pro-life. I'm pro-gun. I'm for less taxes, less government, you know, all those things. But are you going to watch me and follow up to see how I actually vote? Nope, you're really not. There's hardly anybody that does. And what I'm asking all of you out there today is please go pay attention to who is representing you at every level of government and watch what they do. And spend time then um, not only watching what they do, but one of the things that I've learned is we need to do a lot of the work for you. Imagine if you had your citizens come to you and say, look, I know you got these 25 bills before you coming up this um, term uh, or this session. And you know what? I don't like these bills, and here's why, Julie. I do like these bills, and here's why. And you know what? I'm hoping you'll, you'll uh, take my counsel, my guidance, my support, uh, and take it seriously. And I think that's another thing we can do. It's hard to do, though, because it takes time and effort and, man, less football games or less whatever. Um, but it is critical. And really what you need is help. How many bills do you guys get before your Senate? 
Uh, a I bunch, think, right? Yeah, we do. We have hundreds of them. But you know what? We have a great legislative research council, and I had three different people from Custer County come up to me this last year before session even got started, and they each had issues, and all of them needed addressed or tweaked. One was on game fish and parks, one was on property taxes, and another one was on whether or not we should count um, horses as agriculture because we have somebody who has 32 horses and he has it as a business but we can't put horses as agriculture and we added five words to a bill and they you'd have thought we were just changing everything and of course the bill was killed but anyway um, you know the legislative research council I can give them permission to work with me and the constituent on a bill and then we can get it all done we get a draft maybe we tweak the draft and then we just keep looking at it until we think we've got it right sometimes I send it to a department to say you know because if you know the governor's office goes through every bill and if somebody's not going to like it they check with the department so it's nice to kind of at least say this is a hunting bill it's on mentoring or whatever and you know is this something that can work but i mean i don't work for the departments but you want to make sure you do need coordination is the point well right? it's nice but usually i don't do that but i do do it when i think it's something that that I do want their opinion on. But if it's like on parental rights or schools or anything, I don't want their opinion because I, I, I care about the parents and the kids. All right, so I want to ask you a blunt question since you asked me one, and I admitted to it. I'm going to ask you a blunt question. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how many bills come to your Senate desk in a given session. And, and I don't know that the exact number matters. Let's say that it's 300, 400, whatever. And uh, let's say that half those get passed. I don't know the number. How many of the bills that you vote on, do you actually read? And I don't mean do you have somebody else read for you. How many do you read? I, and do you vote on bills that you haven't read? No. I mean, I won't vote for things that I haven't read or if it's in too much detail and because we just get them the night before. And so if, I'm sorry, if it's important, you need to get it to us sooner. I think a lot of times there's 40 pages of something and you'll get it and it's like, wait a minute, I... I don't really know that I trust the department that's bringing this. Yeah, it's a complicated I, 40 pages is your point. It, it is. And if I'm, not, if I'm not totally comfortable with everything like from Health and Human Services and they're coming in with something really different, I'm not going to vote for it. So you'll just vote no? I would vote no. Okay. Because I think that you're a rarity. I think that a lot of people uh, will just consult their colleagues and if they feel like it's good, then they'll vote for it. Or uh, sometimes they'll just say, look, I haven't read it, but I've read a summary or I've had several aides read it, and they all understand who I am and what I... And so we go ahead. I think that we need to have two things, a single-page bill act. In other words, a one-issue-at-a-time bill. That doesn't mean it can't be two pages on occasion or whatever. The idea, though, is a single item, so we don't get these omnibus kind of spending bills. And then a read-the-bills uh, policy. If we read the... Credible broadcasting on your radio, Red Pill. Incredible interviews continue. Julie Fry Mueller with us, South Dakota State Senator. Do you know all of your local officials, ladies and gentlemen? Do they know you? Sam repents on air when Julie calls me out. How do you like that? Quick pause. Interview continues. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. 
Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Dad, can you make him stop? Honey, he needs to practice. He's been at it an hour. Well, just trying to be patient. Dad, it sounds like a cat calling for help or something. Worse, a basement full of cats. Yeah. You know, hon, it is a little hard on the ears. Not you, too. Well, maybe we can all play a game. Andrew, do you want to play a board game? Uh, how about we watch a video? Hide and seek? Oh, I don't know. I give up. Maybe we could all just sneak out of the house. Honey, he's nine years old. We can't leave him home alone. And? We can make him practice with a sock. Well, I guess we'll have to get some ice cream. Did I hear someone say ice cream? Family, isn't it about time? Oh, I see the practice hasn't hurt your ears. Well, I'm a serious musician. Funny that you never seem to get better on that thing. Works every time. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hey, uh, where did all these cats come from? I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Julie Fry Mueller with me, South Dakota State Senator. Do you know all of your local officials? Do they know you? Sam repents on air when called out because I don't know every one of mine. Uh, and all I'm telling you is it's important to know them. It's also important to read the bills, ladies and gentlemen. You know, there's a lot of people in government all up and down, whether it be a county, city, state, federal. They don't read the bills they sign. What they often to, to oftentimes do is rely on somebody else to give them a summary of the bill, and then they vote. Or if their friends sponsor the bill, they say, well, we trust our friends, and they sign it. You wouldn't do that with your mortgage. You wouldn't do that with your own personal financial life. Don't do it when you represent us in government. So there's people with Downsize DC and other nonprofit organizations that have put together what's called the Read the Bills Act. Uh, and so I'm talking to this state senator, Julie, about this very thing. Julie continues. It becomes much easier to really decide up or down what we're standing for and against, right? Well, it, it, you're, and you're absolutely correct, but sometimes they'll bring us something and say, oh, it's just a cleanup bill from 20 years ago. It's safe and then to you do. Say we're not cleaning yeah, it up no. like that. Yeah. Well, no. one, la, last year, I think they broke a, you know, a 40 page one up or something long, in, down into 20 each page. But, you know, I, there's just so many things that we don't even need to be involved in with government. We sure. are in, there's so much overreach for in every aspect of it that it's like we don't need more government oversight in a lot of these things. The other question that I would ask is, how do we just get bills that just get rid of bills? In other words, can we just create legislative pieces that just start, I don't even know what you call it, but something that would just simply say, hey, we're going to get bills gone as fast as we create them or faster. Because at some point, if you don't, we just get more and more and more and more government. At some point, we need to start to reduce the size and scope of government, right? I think a couple years ago, um, one of the previous House members uh, had went through with the Legislative Research Council all summer long to look at bills that were no longer relevant, that we didn't need on the books, things like that. He tried to do a cleanup bill. 
or you know on that kind of thing so but i think there were so many bills in it that they because it was a cleanup it didn't pass somehow i'm not quite sure on it because i don't remember it totally it's been a few years ago but yeah i i agree there's so many bills out there and then are we proud that we have more bills every year no because as far as i'm concerned the more bills we have the more we're interfering unless it's a good bill but you know it's really hard to get property tax reduction passed because too many people have a green iv in their arm I'm sorry, that's for, that's for not money. That's true story. Yeah, <laughs> Green Ivy in their own because what yeah. they do is they get paid not to farm, or they get paid for land in Greenbelt, they get paid for all kinds of governmental reasons that are nonsensical, right? Well, no, I'm talking about the government waste we have. We have a $5.1 billion budget for South Dakota. We don't even have 880,000 people, I think, as of this last census. We have nine Indian reservations here, and so that takes that population out, and there's just there's not that many of us here you know, How to have a $5.1 billion, it, well, it, you want me to tell you that math right here? I don't know <laughs> in my head like that. I don't need the exact number. My point is yeah. it's a huge number, though. It's a huge it's a, number. It's a, it's and a we're, gargantuan number. It's an unsustainable number. And we're supposed to be a conservative state. I'm telling you, we're paying for so many programs. And, and if somebody says, hey, Freimuller, why did you vote against that bill? And I'll say it had the P word in it. And they said, well, what do you mean? It had pro, I said it had a program in it. There's nowhere that I could ever find that it says I have to take the taxpayer's money to pay for a program that you think is important. That's what your own checkbook is for. There you have it. So I'm not trying to pin you down on the number, but I'm trying to make a point. These are unsustainable numbers that we're dealing with, folks. That's it, the reality, right? It's, it, and to me, that's not sustainable. $5.1 billion and, and, you know, with the, it's just not. Understood. All right, what in South Dakota are the hottest topics that you think, hey, we need, that we're working on that we can make a difference on? Well, I think food security is a huge thing all across the nation. And um, Representative Tina Mullally, who's speaking over here by me on this other place, um, she had brought a resolution to even look at all the foreign countries that are buying up our ag land all across this country. And we, we actually want to put a stop to that because if we don't have our own land to raise our own crops on, what are we going to do? And we've got these cattle, the cattle, they're going after cattle. They want to make meat and processing plants and eggs are number one industry here. Tourism's our number two. But if our food security and food source, oh my gosh, look at how the grocery stores were so empty when this coronavirus thing, everybody was panicking and buying all these food. And we want, one of the big things we wanted with all the excess revenue we got and with some of the um, um, CARES funding, was to expand existing meat lockers here in South Dakota so we, we could butcher and process our own beef. We'd like to be able to sell it across state lines. Um, we have the big packers working against us, and everybody out there should be outraged because we need to label our beef, American beef, you know, South Dakota beef or something. Country of origin labeling is huge. I don't know if the majority of the people out there know that the beef they're buying everywhere else is from Argentina or Brazil. My listeners know, but most don't. You're right. And I buy local meat from local cows. And um, Zach here, my son-in-law, and I just bought a calf, a cow, and a pig. And uh, it got slaughtered, and we put it in our freezers. And so we certainly buy and know the source of our meat. And I would encourage people to do the same thing. What's your wait time? It's over a year wait time here in South Dakota. In mine, it was literally about three weeks. It was? Yeah. But see, we want to expand. I mean, I don't think the cares, any of that kind of money should be given to new businesses. But existing businesses, 
you know, because they really had some of them suffered because you couldn't get the employees. But, you know, the food security is important. And I don't know if you guys have ever heard of NBATH, National Agrobiodefense Facility. It's in Manhattan, Kansas. This okay. is a whole other can of worms we're going to open. Yeah. And I didn't think we we're. I was going to talk about this with you, but it used to be the animal testing um, was up on Plum Island off of New York. Yes. And I've never been there, so I don't know what it is, but it was surrounded by salt water. So if they did mad cow or foot and mouth disease, I guess there was like five breaches since the 70s since it's been it, since it was at Plum Island. Yes. But then they went to move it to the mainland, and I guess they tried to put it in North Carolina, and the ranchers and the hunters said absolutely not because if there's ever an outbreak, yeah, you've got to kill everything. Well, Manhattan, Kansas, the university there, took it as economic development. Now they they put it in the heartland of our country. Now, why would yes, you put insanity. something? It is insanity, and that happened under under the Obama administration. And I'm telling you, you guys, we have a serious issue with food security in this country. Be, between losing our foreign land, losing the ag land all up, and who's own who owns it. I mean. Food control is big, and I don't care if you think I'm a conspiracy theorist or not, but if us conservatives don't start putting the dots together, we are going to be so far behind the eight ball, it's ridiculous. Well, part of the problem is the American people don't really realize that food doesn't just come from the store. Correct. I, mean, I, I know that we get it at the store. I understand all that, but there's a whole ecosystem, uh, a whole you know behind the scenes that you got to understand. Um, it used to be, for example, right when the corona hit, I tried to get a cow, and it did take me three months to wait. Uh, and I know that uh, before I used to be able to get meat like at a moment's notice almost. Uh, and they, but simply the stores didn't have meat and a lot of that kind of stuff. And then the farmers said, you know what, Everybody's, everybody wants everything. Well, it, I remember when grocery stores didn't even have milk and then w- they didn't have bread. And so then you tried to buy frozen bread dough and there was no frozen bread dough, you know, and just different things. But I, I want to people out, out there. The wheat grinder, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, for me. Some people probably did. My wife and kids know how to make bread. We have the wheat grinder and we have wheat. We just grind up the wheat and make bread, man. Come on. That's because you're unique. Uh, You're right. You guys are. Some would say we're absolutely strange. Your son-in-law is just smiling from (laughs) (laughs) ear to ear. But yeah, we are very unique and different and stuff like that. But it is true. And we we need to be resourceful. Uh, We need to think through these things and we need to work together. We need to jettison all the left-right paradigms and everything else. And we need to say, hey, food security is a serious issue. It is, and thank you for that. Like I said, I didn't think we'd, you know, talk about that, but I'm glad we did because it is serious. And I, I want to know if people out there are even paying attention that that all this foreign this land is being bought by foreign countries. Now, right behind you, or behind me, I should say, is the big uh, what display of Loving Liberty, which is a radio network that I'm syndicated by. And the yep. owner of Loving Liberty Radio Networks is a lady by the name of Kathy Smith. Wonderful lady. Her husband passed away not too long ago, a couple of years ago. And he is a huge rancher in uh, Utah. Uh, and he's a beef man and, you know, this kind of stuff. And they have got a nonprofit land organization that helps people understand that the ranchers are getting put out of business and land's being bought up by everybody. We need to connect you two. Okay. That'd be great. She will be here at uh, Freedom Fest. Okay. If you find me at the same kind of a booth at Freedom Fest, I don't know where we'll be, but you'll find the same backdrop and me and everybody else. And I want to introduce you to Kathy because she is the real deal, and she's writing a book about her husband and about the experiences uh, that they've all had. And and going forward, they still have their nonprofit organization that I think can help uh, with this effort. Well, and, you know, if you look at this, the four major packers, I mean, we do have Tyson, which I believe is still American-owned, but the four major food packers 
for this country, to my knowledge, are owned by the Brazilians and the Chinese. And I mean, somebody can out there can double check me, but like I say, I think Tyson is still owned by the Americans. But if you look at all right, ladies and gentlemen, quick pause. We're talking to Julie. She's doing a great job. We've got more in this interview left. We'll come back from the break, finish that up. Incredible stuff. She's a state senator for the state of South Dakota. One of the freest states in the union, I must have to say, right? I know we still got corruption and a lot of work to do, but it's good work. More in seconds. Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Hundreds of criminal gang members around the world were tricked into using a phone encryption app operated by the FBI to plan their dirty deeds leading to their arrests. Law enforcement officers in 18 countries began to unveil the scope of what is known as Operation Trojan Shield late Monday. A New Zealand police spokesman says what they achieved Monday. We've uh, we've, we've seized, uh, during the course of these operations, about 8.6 kilos of meth that came in through the border. Uh, yesterday we recovered about 20 ounces of methamphetamine, over a million dollars in cash, uh, four firearms, multiple kilos of iodine, uh, and we're restrained about $3.7 million in assets to date. The Biden administration on Tuesday announced a formation of a new task force to address supply chain disruptions. The task force is set to minimize the impacts of supply chain disruptions on workers, consumers, families, and businesses. USA Radio News. This report is sponsored by Holland America. After a year-long hiatus, the wait is over, and it's time to cruise again. Holland America Line is ready to set sail round trip from Seattle to Alaska with their new ship, New Amsterdam, with departures starting July 24th and sailing through October 2nd. These Alaska cruises will only be for guests who have received their final dose of the vaccine 14 days prior to embarkation. The ship has also been upgraded to make guests feel even safer with enhanced sanitation practices, upgraded HVAC systems, UV lighting, and enhanced filtration practices. Gus Antorcha is the president of Holland America Line. We're working through the protocols with the CDC, and so I suspect there may be some adjustments and changes we need to make. But I think everything that a guest has come to expect and enjoy from a Holland America cruise will be available. So that includes our onboard dining options. It includes the entertainment offers. It includes the special lectures, the special programs that we add to all of our voyages. Visit www.hollandamerica.com. Suspected Russian hackers that shut down the Colonial Pipeline on May 7th lost some of its ransom money. Thanks to the Department of Justice, Tim Berg from the Phoenix USA Radio News Bureau reports. The Department of Justice has received $2.3 million of the ransom Colonial Pipeline paid to the hacking group DarkSide. The FBI obtaining the password to the hacker's Bitcoin account. During a news conference, Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco saying, Today we turn the table on DarkSide. She also said... Ransomware attacks are always unacceptable, but when they target critical infrastructure, we will spare no effort in our response. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. An Arctic animal revived after being frozen for 24,000 years in Siberian permafrost has been revived. Rotifers, a minuscule freshwater critter, was discovered about 11 feet into the permafrost. The researchers thawed the rotifers in lab experiments. This is USA Radio News.
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking to a state senator in South Dakota. Her name is Julie. Doing a great job. Fry Mueller is her last name, and uh, she does a fantastic job. We're talking about really farming, land, the federal government. They're out of control. We've got to stand up and do it now. Julie continues. I didn't know that, but thank you for letting me know that. Well, but what, what I'm saying is why... Why aren't our U.S. Congress people and senators looking at this? Are, I mean, we always hear how people get money from these big packers or money from telecommunications or money from this. I, we, I cannot believe the United States of America doesn't own and produce all of this ourselves. Why are we relying on foreign companies to feed us. This is ridiculous, you guys. This is this is so stupid. It's psychotic for sure, but you know what? America, the whole purpose of government is to create level playing fields, allow contracts to be honored, uh, these kinds of things. You know, we've had for the last 50 years in America this idea that, you know, all the laws are designed to let foreigners succeed and for Americans to fail, from import to export to trade agreements to uh, regulations on, I mean, you know, if you're an illegal, you can come in and do all these things. If you're an American, you, you have all these regulations that tie you down. I mean, the, the playing field has been so manipulated for so long um, that, that, you know what? Ranchers can't make it. Farmers can't farm. They can't afford to. There's too much regulations. Or the, the boom in the bus cycle is too abusive to them, and they just get ground down and then look for other jobs. Or uh, All I'm saying is we've got to change the whole root cause, which is government should honor contracts, create a level playing field, and get out of the way. But, I mean, there's a lot of areas where, you know what, the government's paying people not even to farm, not even to grow crops. Well, look at the billions of dollars we're wasting on illegal immigration here. Sure. and And we could be building food processing plants that are American-owned with American produce, with American pigs and American cows and, and chickens. And tr- Why aren't we raising and taking care of processing our own food? Amen. How much of South Dakota is owned by the feds? Or controlled, well, we've say. got nine Indian reservations, and then mm-hmm. we've got the Black Hills National Forest, and then of course Mount Rushmore is now is, has been part of the you know federal level the, for the years. I ask it because in Utah and some of the western states, you've got eighty to ninety percent federal government control of lands. I believe it's unconstitutional as all get out, uh, but that's another part of the reason you got housing prices going up crazy because people can't really get land and spread out a little bit. Uh, you've got uh, people struggling to get the right farmland and the right water that they need because of all this. And the federal government's tying up all these lands. I mean, that's a big battle, too. Well, you know what we're battling now is that 30 by 30 land grab that Biden's got going on. And we we only have, we just had in Hill City, which is close to Mount Rushmore, we had a sawmill that's been there for decades. And um, due to what the National um, Forest Service is doing they cut, they're cutting back the ability of us to log even more so badly that the company had to go out of business. And there was only 1,000 people in this town, and it affects, it affects at least one-third of this community. They're taking out the logging in the sawmill. Who is going to log the Black Hills National Forest? I mean, we... What they're going to do is let it ex- just overgrow, overgrow, well, overgrow we, and you'll have fires. It will have fires, exactly. And we had a bill this last session, House Bill 1194, that would allow us to look at any executive order orders made by a president and and ignore them have you know our our attorney general and our and our executive board and our governor look at these and i appreciate orders. that bill but you don't need to build a nullify well exactly but 
it, it was still brought, but the whole point, South Dakota, the Senate killed it. It passed wow. overwhelmingly in the House, and we need stuff like that, even though we have the Tenth Amendment, too. Hey, man, are you familiar with Sheriff Richard Mack's uh, decision where he beat Bill Clinton at the Supreme Court? I, I am, because I heard you guys speaking yeah, on I Friday night. Because it's the greatest Tenth Amendment decision ever rendered uh, in America today. It literally, I mean, Bill Clinton said to Sheriff Mack, you will enact the Brady Bill, Sheriff, or I'll arrest you. And Richard Mack basically said, no, you won't. They went to the Supreme Court. Richard Mack won. Bill Clinton lost, and the whole point was the federal government has no authority to mandate uh, local jurisdictions to do anything. There's zero authority. They're killing us. And the Supreme us. Court proved it. We just need people to take action and nullify now. Well, we're trying. We're trying, but let me tell you, we gotta have we gotta have our executive branch on on board with that here in our state. That's for sure. Who you elect matters, ladies and gentlemen. Knowing who your representatives are matters. And I'm going to repent and ask you to do the same. Julie, thank you so much. Thank you for all your time. I appreciate it. And remember, for all of you people out there, conservatives, we're, we're losing ground. You need to pay attention. Find out. Ask questions. Get involved. Thank you so much for, for listening to me today and, and for having this conversation. Thank you so much. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Man, just great, great topics, great people. Red Pill Expo. We had so much content that we were able to record from so many guests at the event. We couldn't even cover it all live. I could have done some special broadcasts and just went on for hours and hours and hours. Some hosts do that, but I don't believe in it. I think that you've only got enough time uh, in your day to listen to so much. And so I try to spread it out. And not take more of your day than you already give me. So thank you so much for all that you do. Our next guest, her name is Florence Thompson. Um, she is involved in what's called Stop Fed Ed. She wants to shut down the education department. Amen to that. Republicans have been promising that forever, and they don't get it done. She's with a group called USPIE, P-I-E dot O-R-G, USPIE, so USPIE.org. And it's basically a parents taking back education organization. And they've got a South Dakota chapter, which she's the president of. Florence Thompson starts now. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Florence Thompson is with me. Florence, you are one of the lovely ladies uh, at the John Birch Society too, right? Well, uh, I'm not really in John Birch Society, but I'm in the South Dakota Citizens for Liberty. Okay. And we are the, the biggest and oldest and probably the only tea party in South Dakota. Wow, good for yeah. you. How'd you get involved in that? Well, we, we um, actually won the lawsuit against the um, IRS. All right. We were, we were part of that, uh, uh, what do you call, group that actually got an award for that. Amen. Love yeah. it. So we, we did get a little bit of money, which we were going to use to buy the Rapid City Journal, but we're waiting until the price gets down to about a dollar. How much do they want for it? <laughs> Well, if we bought it for what it was worth, <laughs> it'd be pretty cheap. Yeah, but you don't know what the, the numbers are. Really. Oh, they weren't, they weren't actually selling it. Oh. So it changes hands a lot, though. I see. Well, you have to keep an eye out and work on it, or else yep. you might have to just start a competing. Right. So, uh, anyway. Um, right, so you're, you're with that group, and, and you're also at the Red Pill. How do well, you like? Yeah, I'm, I, I'm one group I'd like to really talk about. Sure. As I am president of South Dakota Parents Involved in Education. All right. Before we get to that, though, tell okay. me, though, you, you grew up in South Dakota? Oh, uh, actually, I just came over the line. I'm an immigrant from Nebraska. All right. Well, I came up you, here right? about 50, 60 years ago. All right. Well, they'll take freedom fighters, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. So tell me about this education group, then. Okay. 
Uh, like I said, I'm president of South Dakota Citizens for Liberty. I mean, yes. oh, oh, South Dakota parents Wait, involved, involved in education. Hold on, you're involved with Citizens I, for I Liberty. I switch. Yes, I'm, I belong to that too. You are the president of South Dakota parents involved in education. Got to get this straight. We are a chapter of U.S. PI, U.S.P.I.E. United States Parents Involved in Education. Mm -hmm. And that is a group that their goal is to eliminate the Federal Department of Education. Amen. Let's get it yes. done. And get all the federal mandates out of the schools. Yes. Tennis and Common Core. Bring control back to the local level. Get get rid of all the federal mandates. Get rid of Common Core. Get rid of the LGBT agenda. And get rid of critical race theory. Everything that's... Uh, and to stop the dumbing down of the students. So it's uh, it's a huge uh, it's a huge job, but somebody's got to do it, you know. Amen to that. We'll mm -hmm. keep it up. What's the website? USPI dot. Uh, it's I believe it's uh, USPI dot org. Um, anyway, we have um, we're working on a documentary film. It's called Truth and Lies in American Education. Wow, good for you. And so that is we're we're in the process of funding that. So if you would go to Truth and Lies. In American education, um, we'd appreciate some help on that uh, from folks if they would send us a little little bit of money How so much we can get that. Raise? Oh, I don't know. I think they've raised fifty thousand so far. So I'm, I'm there okay, trying so to. We got a little bit to go, but they're yeah, on track. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, anyway, um, the problem in South Dakota is uh, like it is everywhere else: is the establishment claims that there aren't any problems in in education and they yes. they claim they're not doing what they're doing so yes and uh, and really a lot of the problem not only uh, is it communist and socialist indoctrination mm -hmm. but a lot of it's sexual in nature too oh absolutely and that's a big problem yeah. i'm i'm a retired school psychologist so i've really studied the lgbt issues and basically you know we are affirming these kids in their gender confusion, which is a result of generally of sexual abuse. So we are, we are these kids. That's why they're messed up, most of them. And so that's, you know, we're we're affirming them in their <laughs> the results of their abuse. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Hang tight, Liberty Roundtable Live. a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. As a teenager, I gave my first public speech in my church. My hand shook, my heart pounded. I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not yet born, for looking the other way and for not taking a stand on life. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life.
As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. We're in the middle of this incredible interview, ladies and gentlemen, about USPIE.org. Right? This is serious, serious stuff, folks. Florence Thompson with more details. Florence? It's just uh, terrible. Well, I believe in God's laws where men are born mm-hmm. men and male and women are born as female. Right. I believe it's an eternal characteristic of the right. spirit. Right. And uh, that, that this matters. Yep. And that we need to stick with God's, you know, he said male and Absolutely. female created, created I them. Absolutely. And we need to stick with that understanding. Absolutely. It's, it's demonic. The whole agenda is demonic. Uh, the idea that, you know, You've heard of MAMBLA, the Man-Boy yes. Love Association. Yes, it's a UN Their slogan is, is sex by eight or it's too late. They're, they're insane. So these, these little kids are being abused sexually, and then the result is they become gay or they become trans or they become confused. And uh, they're, generally their personalities split. You know, commonly they abuse somebody else Into multiples, well. yeah. Because it just is a cycle that repeats, right? Yes, yes. Oh, what a sad tale to tell. It and is. I appreciate you and guys to be, and your to work. To be That's promoted important. by, you know, be promoted by our government institutions, which schools are government institutions. Yeah, that's why I don't call them public schools. I call them government schools. Well, I don't even call them schools anymore. Well, that's a good point, too. Yeah. Uh, and I, I have eight children. Wow. I haven't put a single one of them in cool. government school ever. Excellent. We, at, uh, at US Pi and SD Pi, we... We really encourage homeschooling right now because uh, the schools are just a mess. Yes, they are. Now, SD Pi is a They're state toxic. chapter of? Of U.S. US Pi. Right. Okay. U.S. Parents Involved in Education. Yeah. Wow. And did you have children in the education system? Now you're retired, right? Well, I'm, I'm quite old. You can't see, but I am old. <laughs> So, um, yeah, but we need those grandma militias. I am, on, I'm know? a grandma, and uh, my grandson is is uh, in fifth grade. So, okay. just going into fifth grade. So you and have a stake for the future generations. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And uh, so, anyway, uh, but we do really encourage uh, homeschool, uh, alternative schools. You know, if you can get into a church school or something like that. Yeah, so we homeschooled all of our generally children. They got old enough, we put them into a, a Christian private school. Uh huh. Yeah. And even those you need to really check out because oh, yeah. because a lot of them have uh, drunk the Kool Aid too. So you you need to I know what you're yeah. do, what Are you're you doing. Are you familiar with the face based education system? The what based? Face, F A C E. 
Hmm. I don't go, think you so. You gotta go study face. It's a Christian curriculum. Oh, uh-huh. Uh, it's totally different than, mm-hmm. say, Common Core or anything else. Uh-huh. It's private. It's religious. And mm-hmm. it has to do with uh, the way of learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you record, you research, uh-huh. you, you do all these different things. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's a very yeah. unique form of education called right. F-A-C-E. Right. right. Cool. Uh, anyway, all yeah. right. Well, we appreciate you. And okay. when we started out, you were telling me a salacious story. Do we oh, do we want to tell the, the salacious story? We better not. This is this is Hold about, so about children are, here. You guys are dancing, right? Yeah. Um, a bunch of us senior citizens are out yeah. there dancing, and we danced all through the COVID thing with no masks. Good we we get together yeah. all all the time, no masks, and we dance. Did anybody die? Every no, no. Okay, oh, just good. of natural causes. <laughs> I know, but that's a different discussion, right? That's well, you, you should see some of the guys I dance with. One one's got a heart heart uh, the pacemaker. I said, now, if that thing goes off while we're dancing, do I get zapped too, you know? <laughs> so anyway, another one's got terminal cancer. Another one, um, he's, um, let's see, what's his thing? He's, he's got, um, he's a lifelong diabetic, and so it just goes on and on. But yes, we keep does. dancing, and we have a lot of fun. But it's good for you, though. It keeps That's you right. Young, right. That's right. And we're not wearing any darn old masks. And it keeps you active. It does. It's good for your mind. It's good for your body. It's good socially, you know. And, and so you put on this nice long dress skirt, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So, yep. All right. She doesn't want salacious, to tell you the whole story Salacious granny. <laughs> anyway. Now, who's going who's gonna to see this? Who's going to hear this? Well, it's just uh, out across the world. Okay. It's a nationally maybe, syndicated show. Maybe we shouldn't put it out across the world. <laughs> well, anyway, she said she I had just, this awesome dress that would move nicely and the and gentleman liked to, okay, to it, the okay, I'll describe it. It's a, it's a long, long skirt that has kind of flounces at the bottom, and it's kind of a thin material, and it's dark, it's black, and then it has these red swirls through it, and so when you dance, it really swirls and moves and everything. So it's good, good dance skirt, right. and, and I just told the ladies there that I call that outfit Viagra. Oh boy. <laughs> So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it. Uh, You know what? There's so many good people in South Dakota. I came here and I fell in love with your airport. I go to airports all over the country, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, I just decided that I loved your airport. It is calm and collected and quiet and efficient. I mean, it's something to behold. I live five miles from that airport. You fly over my house when you come in usually because we're right in the flight path. (laughs) Do you like it or does it bug you? No, no, it's just fine. And, you know, after 9-11, I got to loving the sound of the planes. Yes, because you felt like it brought back normalcy It's, a, it's the sound right? of freedom, yes. Absolutely. And, of course, we have, a, we have a major Air Force base here, too. Yes, for sure. And so we have a lot of airplane noise. And I used to work out there. I was a school psychologist at the school out there at the base. That was back so, when things were more normal. Oh, yeah. Right? And that would, the, uh, those B-1s would just rattle those windows. They put those afterburners on, and, and the, it would just rattle the windows. So, yeah, but it is. It's the sound of freedom. All right. Well, you, I'm counting on you now to, to shut down the Department of Education. Well, can you, can you get that done for me. You know, it, it'd help if our Congress would wake up and figure out what's going on because they they basically put Common Core into law. Yes, so but true. Yeah. All right, Florence Thompson, everyone, doing a phenomenal job. She's with. Uh, tell me the website again. Okay, it's um, U.S. 
PIE, P-I-E, United States Parents Involved in Education. It, it's probably under Stop Fed Ed. And right. also the film is um, Truth and Lies in American Education. All right, I'm taking a little bit of notes so I can get this down right to help promote. Ladies and gentlemen, we need you to donate to the film immediately. Every penny counts. We got a jettison the Department of Education. The Republicans have been promising it forever. Uh, they've simply uh, failed us in that regard. But if enough of us get together and bring the citizen brigade to bear, our greater numbers shall be successful. And we need your help. Florence Thompson, thank you so much. Well, thank you for having eight kids. <laughs> You're very welcome. I've got eight kids from one woman. That's wonderful. And I've been married for 29 Congratulations years. Congratulations to hers, old, too. That's wonderful. You didn't think I was old enough to be married 29 years, did you? Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Okay, bye. Liberty Roundtable Live. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you right now, this is what I mean by good people involved in great projects all over at Red Pill Expo. Now, she mentioned this film from USPIE, U-S-P-I-E dot org, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, this film I didn't know much about. They're, they're in the middle of funding it and getting it rolling. But it's a documentary, right? It's a documentary, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Truth and Lies in American Education. Here's the trailer. Check this out. Your average run-of-the-mill American has no idea that the UN has any influence in the classroom. Hey, Hi, how how's are it going? You? Good to meet you. Good to meet you, too. I brought my book, too, if you would sign it. Oh, I'd be I'm very happy to, absolutely. <laughs> I honestly didn't believe half of what I read in that book until I went and fact-checked it myself. So much of the education policy that has now uh, completely infected our public school system is coming from Washington, D.C., and beyond that, from the UN Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. What's your goal? What do you want for your child? Because the school's goal is different than what your goal is. The institution of school forms a wedge between the child and the parent. You might ask, you know, how? Child comes home, Daddy, I don't understand this. Can you help me? The dad says, I've never seen this before. I can't help you. Can't even help a fourth grader with its fourth grade math homework. Stupid, dumb daddy. The legislature might have repealed Common Core as a term, but they renamed it. So right now, people think we don't have Common Core. We do, it's under a new name. You're talking about the minds, the souls of your children. Don't play around with that. I really just want to get parents involved and informed because I didn't know this stuff. That child is my child. God gave me that child. And for the government, to think that it is their responsibility to take care of that child is just unimaginable. USPIE.org, ladies and gentlemen. Incredible documentary. Truth and lies in American education. Please donate today. I don't get a penny. I'm just telling you, I think they're doing great work highlighting what's really going on in your government schools, and you better take heed. You better sit up and take notice now, my fellow Americans. Wow, good work, folks. Good work um, to Florence Thompson and many others involved there. Thank all of you. Final story of the hour headline says this. Should companies be allowed to require their employees to get a COVID-19 shot? In other words, as an employer, can I mandate that? 
And the answer is, you're, gonna, you're not going to like this, my fellow Americans, but remember, I'm pretty libertarian in many ways. Of course companies can demand that if they choose. It's their company. So take my company, Liberty News Radio. If I want my employees to be vaccinated, I can say, look, part of working here is a vaccination. If you don't have one, you don't want one, that's up to you. But you can go ahead and you know, get in, be employed by somebody else. If you don't like that, you can start your own company just like I did, right? So remember, whose company is it? It's mine. That means it's my property, my uh, asset, my value, my ownership. My You can't tell me what I cannot do with my own asset. You say, Sam, that's not fair. What about these massive employers? Yeah, maybe we should start busting up these massive employers. Maybe Americans shouldn't just try to be trained to go work for the man all day. Maybe they ought to try a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit. Maybe we ought to step out and start our own companies if we don't like it. Just like can Facebook shut me down? Can Twitter shut me down? Yes, they can and they will. If you don't believe me, try it. Okay, is it right? No. But you know what? They can do that. And if you don't like it, start your own Twitter, people. Start your own Facebook. Start your own company. Don't just go to work for somebody else. Decide you're going to make a difference yourself, right? So, yes, I think these companies can do that. They should have the right to do that. They should be able to turn people away they don't like, too. If you don't want to make a cake for a gay person, don't. Right? People have the right to their own conscience and their own beliefs, whether you agree with them or disagree with them, no, no matter how abhorrent you believe their beliefs are. All right? Remember, you can't violate conscience and property. So, yes, companies have the right to do this if they want. I own a company, and I would never require a vaccine. I would also never require no vaccine because I'm not here to control people's lives. I want people to do what they think best. And if they want a vaccine, then by all means, I understand. And if you don't want a vaccine, by all means, I understand. And I hope and I'm glad that you will take the time to decide for yourself what you think is best. And I will respect your decision because I believe in people's rights to choose. And I'll hire people that are like-minded and can carry out my business needs regardless. And I hope other companies will view it the same way. That's a wrap. I got several more interviews to cover uh, uh, over the next couple of days. We'll get to those. I'm telling you, Red Pill Expo was great. We're looking forward to Freedom Fest coming up in July as well. We've got so many events, it's shocking. I'm going to Nevada on um, around the 20th of uh, June to celebrate with the second county becoming a constitutional county. We've got so much on the docket, it's incredible. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. God save the Republic of the United States of America. <laughs>